Here he comes, here comes Speed Racer, he's a demon on wheel. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. He's gaining on you, so you better look alive. He's busy revving up the powerful Mach 5. And when the odds are against him and there's dangerous work to do, then your life's eraser, see it through. Go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go! Up and flying as he guns a car around the track. He's jamming down the pedal like he's never coming back. Adventure's waiting just ahead. Go speed racer, go speed racer, go speed racer, go. W A I F Cincinnati. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up next over most of these stations, it's the Late Late Show. I'm Ed Clayton. And, you know, I started off with nothing. And I still had most of it left. Don't mean to brag, but, yeah. Roll them, Charlie! Back at where as happy as a cow and a human being deserves to be. Really naked, 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 really naked. Because the man was a schmuck. Naked, 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 really, really, really. I don't do this with every audience. You, you need a certain sense of humor for this. Um, yeah, warped. <laughs> WAIF is not affiliated in any way with WAIF-FM. WAIF? WJVS-FM, that's what I said. Wasn't it? Naked, 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 really naked. Hi, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. How are you, Bruce? Good evening, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Good evening, ladies and Bruce's. Want to dance? Uh, will you do me a favor? You see me working on the house next week and around the yard and uh, helping out with groceries and shit. Will you do me a favor? Kill me. Kill me. Shoot me in the head, run me over with a car, whatever it takes. I live in hell!
play it, but I hope you'll do your best. I've been listening to your show on the radio, and you seem like a friend to me. Cincinnati, this is Bob Shreve, and if you're a late-night comedy buff like myself, you have found just the right place to be. Welcome to The Late Late Show. It's a radio program that pushes the limit of good taste over the edge and, of course, right out the window. And as your host, a man whose personality has been patented as a form of birth control, a man who last used his library card to deceive something, Ed Clayton. A notice of caution... Due to the nature of the aforementioned programmers, absolutely no one but the severely deranged should attend. However, all rules of order shall be observed until 5 a.m., so please do not try these jokes at home as they are performed by seasoned professionals who know how to dodge vegetables. And remember, friends, no flash prisoners will be taken during this performance. And now for your listening irritation, the Late Late Show... In mono, where available. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yes, friends. Either intentionally or on purpose, you've stumbled upon to the Late Late Show. Glad to have you tuned in. I'm Ed Clayton. And before the wheels really fall off of the wagon... I need to tell you that WAIF, as a community radio station, serves only to open its airwaves to responsible divergent points of view, and that the opinions expressed during this program do not reflect the views of WAIF, its staff, strep, fungus, or ever-beloved and highly esteemed Board of Trustees. God bless you and the horses you rode in on fabulous work you're doing. No, friends, the opinions expressed on the Late Late Show are mine and mine alone, but they are gaining ground. Also, friends, the Late Late Show, if performed correctly, may contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, this would make a terrific time to turn the radio off, tune away, return to WAFE at 5 a.m., when Vern Elliott will be in this week for Pastor and Sister Walker. Numbers to call here at the station, area code 513-961-8900, or you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. All right, friends, stick around. Uh, I've got a pretty good show lined up for you this week, if I do say so myself. And I do, so... There's that. Stick around, friends. More to come on The Late Late Show. Do you want to be a world leader? Would you like to command a large chunk of the Middle Eastern desert? Then come to the Saddam Hussein School of Char. Come and learn in the exotic city of Baghdad, surrounded by picturesque lead-lined walls and an unlimited supply of chemical weapons. Sample the quaint old Iraqi customs like cutting out tongues, chopping off hands, and executing people for living in their own country. Become a star on your own TV news show. Check out 101 Things to Do in a Neighboring Islamic Country. All this and much, much more is on offer in our special Go Ahead, Make My Day Punk Summer Package available at all disreputable countries' embassies. 
And then the Lord said, Let there be light. And lo, there was light. From the same people who brought you the much-beloved Talking Bible comes a new ten-volume set, brilliantly updated for the 80s. Yes, it's the Rapping Bible. There was dark everywhere. Then the man said, Light! And the light was there. He said, I've done good, there's no doubt. On the seventh day, he just chilled out. Genesis, Genesis, beginning of that, beginning of this. Finally, the good book is bad, and his word is nasty. Check it out. There's a town called Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody partied like no tomorrow. God looked down, said, not my fault. Don't look back or you'll turn to Saul. Lot's wife took a peek, started to freak. The cow came up and licked her cheek. Take a lick, y'all, of a cheek, y'all. Imagine all the psalms, all the parables, every sacred biblical word interpreted by the finest sucker MCs of all time. Genesis! Exodus! Deuteronomy! The Rapping Bible, making his word fresh again. It's a fact. Stupid people have stupid children. If you're stupid, please don't have sex. If you insist on having sex, then please have sex with animals. Preferably animals smarter than you are. That way, if by some biological fluke you and the animal actually have offspring, odds are the offspring will be less stupid than you are. One more thing. Don't assume the animal is protected. If the animal has a condom, or if female, some sort of interuterine device, insists they wear it. Please, help stamp out this mindless mindlessness. Keep your stupidity to yourself. This message brought to you by the Council of Concerned Citizens who are smarter than you are. Popeil's presents the perfect pocket picnic pack to please the palate. It's Popeil's Pocket Pita Pocket. Put the Popeil's Pocket Pita Pocket in your pants pocket or your purse and take it to a party. Or to the park for a picnic or the patio by the pool. Or pick up a Popeil's Pocket Pita Pocket pan pizza. Or Popeil's Pocket Pita Pocket pasta pie. All priced at just pennies per pound and no perishable preservatives. In a pinch, don't panic. Pop a Popeil's Pocket Pita Pocket from the pantry to the pan for the perfect personal party. Pack. Don't be a party pooper. Pick up a pair of Popeil's Pocket Feet of Pocket and pick out today. Patent pending. Hey, Joy Gridnick here. Ed is off an arm dangerous and off his medication. Then, of course, I'll be out of here and you'll be stuck with Ed. Joy Gridnick on Ed's show. hi Stop making yourself the center of attention! It was April the 41st. Being a quadruple leap year, I was driving in downtown Atlantis. My Barracuda was in the shop, so I was in a rented Stingray, and it was overheating. So I pulled into a shell station. They said I'd blown a seal. I said, fix the damn thing and leave my private life out of it, okay, pal? While they were doing that, I walked over to a place called the Oyster Bar. A real dive. But I knew the owner. He used to play for the dolphins. I said, hi, Gil. You have to yell, he's hard of hearing. Gil was also down on his luck. Fact is, he was barely keeping his head below water. I bellied up to the sandbar. He poured with the usual. Rusty snail, hold the grunion, shaken, not stirred. 
with a peanut butter and jellyfish sandwich on the side, heavy on the mako. I slipped him a fin on porpoise. I was feeling good. I even dropped a sand dollar in the box for Jerry's squid for the halibut. Well, the place was crowded. We were packed in like sardines. They were all there to listen to the big band sounds of Tommy Dorsal. What soul? Tommy was rocking the place with a very popular tuna. Salmon chanted evening. And the stage was surrounded by screaming groupers. Probably there to see the bass player. One of them was this cute little yellowtail. And she's giving me the eye. So I figured this is my chance for a little fun. You know, piece of Pisces. But she said things I just couldn't fathom. She was too deep, seemed to be under a lot of pressure. Boy, could she drink. She drank like a, she drank a lot. I said, what's your sign? She said, aquarium. I said, great, let's get tanked. to my place for a little midnight bait. I said, come on, baby, only take a few minnows. She threw me that same old line. Not tonight. I got a haddock. And she wasn't kidding either, because in came the biggest, meanest-looking haddock I'd ever seen come down the pike. He was covered with muscles. He came over to me and said, listen, shrimp, don't you come trolling around here. What a crab. This guy was steamed. I could see the anchor in his eyes. I turned to him, I said, Abalone, you're just being shellfish. Well, I knew there was going to be trouble, and so did Gil, because he was already on the phone to the cods. The haddock hits me with a sucker punch. I catch him with a left hook. He eels over. It was a fluke, but there he was, lying on the deck, flat as a mackerel. Helpless. I said, forget the cods, Gil. This guy's going to need a sturgeon. Well, the yellowtail was impressed with the way I landed her boyfriend. She came over to me. She said, hey, big boy, you're really a game fish. What's your name? I said, Marlin. I took her to dinner, I took her to dance, I bought her a bouquet of flounders, and then I went home with her. And what did I get for my trouble? A case of the clams. W and A. 
now were the candidates the best and brightest some would say second generation politicians like their daddies both with clearance from the cia gladys rosenbaum choked down her metamucil and chased it with some citracal caught the senior shuttle to the polling place and went to vote for al Well, it wasn't too long after she pulled the curtain back that Gladys started getting confused. There were bifocal glasses, a butterfly ballot, and hanging chat after she was through. When election day ended, the votes were all tallied, and W had won by a few. But old Al started crying even while they were trying to push a new recount through. Away, Jesse Jackson flew in from Atlanta on a red-eye midnight flight. He brought a rented mouth, he sang Kumbaya, and it didn't take him long to decide that Al had to try. Yeah, yeah. 
bedrock. Twitch, twitch, and Rock is gonna roll with all his might in bedrock. Twitch, twitch, it's a swing in town, so I'll see you down in bedrock. Twitch, twitch. Hey, having trouble sleeping at night? Why not try? The wonderful world of folk music. I wonder how many of you remember the big folk music scare of the 60s. Boy, that was close. That garbage almost caught on. You know, the other day I was sitting around and thinking, I wonder what the first music ever written in this great country of ours was. And I was certainly hoping it wasn't that fiddle and banjo crap. <laughs> Lord knows we've come further than that. So rather than think, I decided to look it up. And I looked it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, the way I got into the Britannica is kind of an interesting digression in itself. I was on the road as a performer, and, well, we'd stopped in a small town in a hotel room. A perfect hotel room, really, with a big double bed, soft lights, but let's face it, something was missing. And that night, I, I have to confess, I got lucky. I was actually able to find what I thought was a really good book. It was called Girl to Grab. Imagine my surprise when I found out it was volume six of the Encyclopedia Britannica. And imagine my delight when the book opened up its wonders to me. Golf carts, glowworms, Giselle McKenzie. Incredible. So I looked up folk music and was very delighted to find out I was quite right. It wasn't that fiddle and banjo crap at all. In fact, the first music made in this country wasn't even made in this country. It was made a few miles offshore by Columbus and his merry men as they were sailing to our new land. Imagine what that was like. No instruments, just singing a cappella. Just imagine and watching it. Uh, Captain Clemens. Yes, Malarkey? The men have me days, sir. Yes, Malarkey. Captain, I don't think you fully understand me. I said the men have not eaten in days now. I heard you, Malarkey. Thank you. Captain, you've gone quite mad. I'm telling you for the last time, the men have not eaten in days. Well, force them. You've plenty of men, haven't you? Plenty, sir. Plenty of what? Sir. Men, sir. What? Men. What? Men, 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 men. It's great to be on a ship with men and sail across the sea. Oh, we don't know where we'll land or when, but it's great to be with men. It's great to be with men. Cause men can sweat and men can stink, and no one seems to care. Oh, we'll throw the dishes in the sink and clog the drain with hair. Oh, clog the drain with hair. Oh, men, men, men. It's a ship all filled with men. So batten down the ladies' room. There's no one here but men. Men, 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 men. There's men above, there's men below, there's men down in the galley. There's Butch and, and one guy we call Sally. And one guy we call Sally. Men, men, men. It's a ship all filled with men. You'll never have to lift a seat. There's no one here but men. men, 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 men. We're men and friends until the end. And None of us are sissies, and 
night we sleep in separate beds and blow each other kisses and blow each other kisses. Men, 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 it's a ship all filled with men. So throw your robbers overboard. There's no one here but men. Try to go 
just heard Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire with no more F's to give a James Taylor parody party up Martin Mull men dash rip rock from the Flintstones with twitch twitch the ditzy chicks goodbye Al and Kippadotta wet dreams began the set <laughs> oh wow she is so bad, she's actually good. The world's worst opera singer, Florence Foster Jenkins. Let's say we take care of some pubic cervix announcements. I'll rip these guys off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. Dear friends... Recycled Doggies is an all-foster rescue whose mission is to help shelter dogs find their forever homes. Recycled Doggies also operates the Cincinnati Pet Food Pantry and provides temporary food assistance to pet owners in need of help to feed their pets. 
Adoption events are held on a weekly basis with food pantry distribution on the third Saturday of the month. For a list of adoption event locations or how you can become a volunteer, call 513-275-5842 or check out their website at www.recycleddoggies.com. And friends, when you think of drug abuse amongst kids or teens, alcohol and marijuana probably come to mind first. Each year, more young people are abusing another group of substances called inhalants. The abuse of inhalants is also called solvent abuse, huffing, glue sniffing, or volatile substance abuse. Inhalants can cause serious side effects, even death. If you're a parent, become educated on inhalant abuse. This message brought to you by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And yes, the Asian American Hour features talk and music and other good things with a focus on Asian American affairs, immigration, and many other issues of interest to our community at large. The Asian American Hour has been keeping the people of Cincinnati and beyond informed since 2001. Airing Monday evenings at 5, check it out here on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. All right, friends, stick around. We have much, much, much more to come your way, almost live, nearly from Hollywood and in color. Don't say you weren't warned. Oh, Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia, Stout would not take the garbage out. She'd wash the dishes and scrub the pans, cook the yams and spice the hams, and though her parents would scream and shout, she simply would not take the garbage out. And so it piled up to the ceilings, coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown and rotten peas chunks of sour cottage cheese it filled the can it covered the floor it cracked the windows and blocked the door with bacon rinds and chicken bones drippy ends of ice cream cones prune pits, peach pits orange peel gloppy glumps of cold oatmeal pizza crust and withered greens soggy beans and tangerines crusts of blackburn butter toast grisly bits of beefy roast the garbage rolled on down the hall it raised the roof it broke the walls i mean greasy napkins 
crackers, cookie crumbs, blobs of gooey bubble gum, cellophane from old bologna, rubbery blubbery macaroni, peanut butter cake and dry curdled milk and crust of pie, rotting melons, dried up mustard, eggshells mixed with lemon custard, cold french fries and rancid meat, yellow lumps of cream of wheat. <sighs> At last, the garbage reached so high that finally it touched the sky and none of her friends would come to play and all the neighbors moved away and finally Sarah Cynthia Stout said, Okay, I'll take the garbage out. But then, of course, it was too late. The garbage reached across the state from New York to the Golden Gate. And there in the garbage she did hate. Poor Sarah met an awful fate that I cannot right now relate because the hour is much too late. But children remember Sarah Stout and always take the Flying on the airlines and listening to the airlines announcements and trying to pretend to ourselves that the language they're using is really English. Doesn't seem like it to me. Whole thing starts when you get to the gate. First announcement. We would like to begin the boarding process. Extra word, process, not necessary. Boarding is enough. We'd like to begin the boarding. Simple, tells the story. People add extra words when they want things to sound more important than they really are. Boarding process, sounds important. It isn't. It's just a bunch of people getting on an airplane. People like to sound important. Weathermen on television talk about shower activity. Sounds more important than showers. I even heard one guy on CNN talk about a rain event. <laughs> Swear to God. He said, Louisiana's expecting a rain event. I thought, holy shit, I hope I can get tickets to that. <laughs> emergency situation. News people like to say, police have responded to an emergency situation. No, they haven't. They've responded to an emergency. We know it's a situation. <laughs> Everything is a situation. Anyway, as part of this boarding process, they say, we would like to pre-board. Well, what exactly is that, anyway? What does it mean to pre-board? You get on before you get on? That's another complaint of mine. Too much use of this prefix pre. It's all over the language now. Pre this, pre that. Place the turkey in a preheated oven. It's ridiculous. There are only two states an oven can possibly exist in, heated or unheated. Preheated is a meaningless f***ing term. It's like pre-recorded. This program was pre-recorded. Well, of course it was pre-recorded. When else are you going to record it? Afterwards? That's the whole purpose of recording, to do it beforehand. Otherwise, it doesn't really work, does it? Pre-existing, pre-planning, pre-screening. You know what I tell these people? Pre-suck my genital situation. And they seem to understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, as part of this pre-boarding, they say, we would like to pre-board those passengers traveling with small children. But what about those passengers traveling with large children? <laughs> Suppose you have a two-year-old with a pituitary disorder. 
You know, a six-foot infant with an oversized head. The kind of kid you see in the National Enquirer all the time. Actually, with a kid like that, I think you're better off checking him right in with your luggage at the curb, don't you? Well, they like it under there. It's dark. They're used to that. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane. Get on the plane. I say, f*** you. I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. There seems to be less wind in here. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. Well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. Here's one they just made up. Near miss. When two planes almost collide, they call it a near miss. It's a near hit. A collision is a near miss. Look, they nearly missed. They might tell you your flight has been delayed because of a change of equipment. Broken plane. <laughs> tell me to put my seat back forward. Well, I don't bend that way. If I could put my seat back forward, I'd be in porno movies. <laughs> then they mentioned carry-on luggage. First time I heard carry-on, I thought they were going to bring a dead deer on board. I thought, what the hell did they with that? Don't they have the little TV dinners anymore? Then I thought, carry on, carry on, there's going to be a party. People are going to be carrying on on the plane. Well, I don't care for that. I like a serious attitude on the plane, especially on the flight deck, which is the latest euphemism for cockpit. Can't imagine why they wouldn't want to use a lovely word like cockpit, can you? Especially with all those stewardesses going in and out of it all the time. There's one. There's a word that's changed, stewardess. First it was hostess, then stewardess, now it's flight attendant. You know what I call them? The lady on the plane. <laughs> Sometimes it's a man on the plane now, that's good, equality, I'm all in favor of that. Sometimes they actually refer to these people as uniformed crew members. Uniformed, as opposed to that guy sitting next to you in the Grateful Dead t-shirt and the f*** you hat. Who's working on his ninth little bottle of Kahlua, I might add. As soon as they close the door to the aircraft, that's when they begin the safety lecture. I love the safety lecture. This is my favorite part of the airplane ride. I listen very carefully to the safety lecture, especially that part where they teach us how to use the seat belts. Imagine this. Here we are, a plane full of grown human beings, many of us partially educated, and they're actually taking time out to describe the intricate workings of a belt buckle. Place the small metal flap into the buckle. Well, I asked for clarification at that point. Over here, please. Over here. 
Yes, thank you very much. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say place the small metal flap into the buckle or place the buckle over and around the small metal flap? I'm a simple man. I do not possess an engineering degree, nor am I mechanically inclined. Sorry to have taken up so much of your time. Please continue with the wonderful safety lecture. Seatbelt. High-tech shit. The safety lecture continues. The next thing they do, they tell you to locate your nearest emergency exit. I do this immediately. I locate my nearest emergency exit, and then I plan my route. You have to plan your route. It's not always a straight line, is it? Sometimes there's a really big fat f sitting right in front of you. Well, you know you'll never get over him. I look around for women and children, midgets and dwarfs, cripples, war widows, paralyzed veterans, people with broken legs, anybody who looks like they can't move too well. The emotionally disturbed come in very handy at a time like this. You might have to go out of your way to find these people, but you'll get out of the plane a lot damn quicker, believe me. I say, let's see, I'll go around the fat step on the widow's head, push those children out of the way, knock down the paralyzed midget, and get out of the plane where I can help others. I can be of no help to anyone if I'm lying unconscious in the aisle with some big sucker standing on my head. I must get out of the plane, go to a nearby farmhouse, have a Dr. Pepper, and call the police. The safety lecture continues. In the unlikely event... This is a very suspect phrase. Especially coming as it does from an industry that is willing to lie about arrival and departure times. In the unlikely event of a sudden change in cabin pressure. Roof flies off! An oxygen mask will drop down in front of you. Place the mask over your face and breathe normally. Well, I have no problem with that. I always breathe normally when I'm in a 600 mile an hour uncontrolled vertical dive. I also shit normally. Right in my pants! They tell you to adjust your oxygen mask before helping your child with his. I did not need to be told that. In fact, I'm probably going to be too busy screaming to help him at all. This will be a good time for him to learn self-reliance. If he can program his f***ing VCR, he can goddamn jolly well learn to adjust an oxygen mask. Fairly simple thing, just a little rubber band in the back is all it is. Not nearly as complicated as, say, for instance, a seatbelt. The safety lecture continues. In the unlikely event of a water landing, Well, what exactly is a water landing? Am I mistaken, or does this sound somewhat similar to crashing into the ocean? Your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. 
Well, imagine that. My seat cushion. Just what I need to float around the North Atlantic for several days, clinging to a pillow full of beer farts. Flight continues. A little later on, toward the end, we hear the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. Well, who gives a shit who turned it on? What does that have to do with anything? It's on, isn't it? And who made this man a captain? Might I ask? Did I sleep through some sort of an armed forces swearing-in ceremony or something? captain he's a f-ing pilot and let him be happy with that if those sightseeing announcements are any mark of his intellect he's lucky to be working at all tell the captain air marshal carlin says go f- yourself <laughs> the next sentence i hear is full of things that piss me off Before leaving the aircraft, please check around your immediate seating area for any personal belongings you might have brought on board. Well, let's start with immediate seating area. Seat! It's a damn seat! Check around your seat. For any personal belongings. Well, what other kinds of belongings are there? Besides personal. Public belongings? Do these people honestly think I might be traveling with a fountain I stole from the park? You might have brought on board. Well, I might have brought my arrowhead collection. I didn't. So I'm not going to look for it. I'm going to look for things I brought on board would seem to enhance the likelihood of my finding something, wouldn't you say? Tell me to return my seat back and tray table to their original upright positions? Fine. Who's going to return this guy in the Grateful Dead t-shirt and the f*** you had to his original upright position? About this time, they tell you you'll be landing shortly. That sound to you like we're going to miss the runway? Final approach is not very promising either, is it? Final is not a good word to be using on an airplane. Sometimes the pilot will get on, you'll say, we'll be on the ground in 15 minutes. Well, that's a little vague, isn't it? Now we're taxiing in. She says, welcome to O'Hare International Airport. Well, how can someone who is just arriving herself possibly welcome me to a place she isn't even at yet. Doesn't this violate some fundamental law of physics? We're only on the ground four seconds. She's coming on like a f***ing mayor's wife. Where the local time... Well, of course it's the local time. What did you think we were expecting? The time in Pango Pango? 
Enjoy your stay in Chicago or wherever your final destination might be. All destinations are final. That's what it means. Destiny, final. If you haven't gotten where you're going, you aren't there yet. The captain has asked more shit from the bogus captain. You know, for someone who's supposed to be flying an airplane, he's taking a mighty big interest in what I'm doing back here. That you remain seated until he has brought the aircraft to a complete stop. Not a partial stop. Because during a partial stop, I partially get up. Continue to observe the no smoking sign until well inside the terminal. It's physically impossible to observe the no smoking sign even if you're standing just outside the door of the airplane. Much less well inside the terminal. You can't even see the f***ing planes from well inside the terminal. Which brings me to terminal. Another unfortunate word to be used in association with air travel. And they use it all over the airport, don't they? Somehow I just can't get hungry at a place called the Terminal Snack Bar. But if you've ever eaten there, you know it is an appropriate name. Ajax Airlines. Ajax Airlines. That's right, sir. The proud bird with the cast iron tail. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, stir the commercial, Charlie Brown. I just want to know what time is your 11.06 leave for San Antonio. It leaves at 11.06. Okay. We have tourists in first class. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> in first class, you get an extra vegetable. Huh? You get an extra vegetable in first class. Okay, I'll take an onion. <laughs> We're, we're going to have some turbulence. No. I'll stick with the onions. <laughs> Do you serve Chinese food? Yes, we serve everybody food. Do you serve... <laughs> Sir, I'm going to forget you said that. You're one, ain't you? <laughs> Sir, let's get back to the flight now. This is a non-stop flight, you know. How about your hostresses? Oh, they're beautiful. Are they topless? <laughs> no, sir, regulations. They must wear hats. Do they mess around? <laughs> look, look, do you want to go on this flight or don't you? What's your movie? Uh, no movie on this flight. No movie? No, sir, a rodeo. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'll bet you clean up on that, huh? <laughs> Uh, no, sir, the stewardesses take care of that. <laughs> Are they topless? Sounds like you have a one-track mind. Sounds like you never saw a topless hostess. <laughs> <laughs> sir, please, look, I'm very busy. And I'm Mr. Nobody, is that it? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Well, just remember, I'm a VIQ. P. Huh? P. P. You're a VIP. Well, then treat me like one, you communist. <laughs> 
Oh, sir, sir. Hey, what's up? Tell you I like this time of year anyway. Oh, it's beautiful. Is this going to be a round trip? No way. I'm just going to fly down there and turn off fly right back. Oh, <laughs> now we're getting nowhere. Well, thanks to me. Amen. Uh, boy, did I eat that onion already? <laughs> Let me check this sucker out now. She leaves at 7.47. Yeah, uh, no, no. The plane is at 7.47. It leaves at 11.06. Therefore. Okay. Well, goodbye. Hold it. Uh, Just a minute there. Sir, I'm very busy. Well, how about me? I'm running around like a chicken with my legs cut off. <laughs> oh, boy. Operator, would you chase this call and tell me where I am? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is Ajax Airlines. Cancel the call, operator. <laughs> this is Ajax Airlines. Ajax huh? Airlines. Remember, it costs no more to relax in the heavenly skies of Ajax. Well, now we're getting nowhere. Thanks to you. Amen. Sir, you're holding up customers. I'm holding up customers. Yeah, uh, nerve uh, charges your price. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. I'm very busy. I've got two calls to make, five on hold, and seven lines blinking. And the portrait's in the <laughs> Well, that does it. Well, it's about time. It's about time. Time? Oh, my gosh, time. What time does 1106 leave for San Antonio? In exactly three minutes. Hold that plane. I can't do that. You better hold that plane. Look, sir, don't threaten me. I'm not threatening. I'm just telling you. You better hold that plane. Why should we hold the plane for you? Because I'm a pilot. <laughs> W-A-I-F Cincinnati, Hudson and Landry, Ajax Airlines. Before that, George Carlin, Airline Announcements. And I threw in a little bit of Shell Silverstein, Sarah, Cynth- Sarah Sylvia Th- Cynthia Stout would not take the garbage. Easy for me to say, huh? Ah, my good friends, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is W-A-I-F Cincinnati. You're listening to The Late Late Show. I'm Ed Clayton. Glad to have you tuned in. And once again, my friends, portions of this program may be considered offensive or unsuitable, if performed correctly, for some listeners. If you are easily offended, this would make a terrific time to tune to a different station, turn the radio off, and return to Wave at 5 a.m. when Mr. Vern Elliott will be in for Pastor Walker and Sister Walker with Open Your Bible. Numbers to call here at the station, area code 513-961-8900, or you can always... <clears throat> beg pardon. Or you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. All right, friends, stick around. We have much more to come your way. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I am. And I'm in the pilot's seat.
I just turned off the no smoking sign. I figure, hell, the plane's smoking. Why shouldn't you? Every now and then I'll be riding down the road late at night. Knock down a couple of BCs and get my cerebellum kind of thumping and throbbing. Start thinking of the old days and thinking back to when I was a little girl growing up in South Carolina and Remembering the stinking smell of gin on Jimmy Joe's breath. The night I became a woman in the back of that Buick. Sorry. And every now and then I'll get a little tired of listening to my 30 Days to a Better You motivational tape. And I'll turn on an old truck driving show from one of those stations out of West Virginia. And they'll be playing an old Conway Twitter song. And it'll remind me of my second wife and the way she used to whistle the steel guitar part to Hello Darling through the gap in her front seat. And every now and then when I start to feel a little bit hungry, I'll stop at an all-night grocery store and hit the little Debbie snack cake and host his breakfast treat display counter. That'll kind of remind me of my third wife. We used to live in a little prefab mobile home in a town called Chromosome, North Carolina. Every now and then when I come home from work late at night, all tired and wore out, she'd be laying there on the purple dog, a hot couch, all 375 pounds of her with her blind Donnell wig sort of stretched off to one side. I'd come walking in the door and she'd get all excited and say, hey. She'd look at me with a one good eye and take her false teeth out of the bicentennial ashtray and put on those white go-go boots from the big boy shoe store and that purple moo-moo that I bought her from Fredericks of Hollywood for big gals that you love so much. She'd kind of look like a genetic mutation off of Tom Chapin National Geographic special getting ready to go into action. She'd jump up on top of the stereo and start doing an interpretive dance to an old Wilson Pickard record jammed up to 78. Then we'd go back to the heart-shaped vibrating waterbed, the one underneath the black velvet painting of Elvis Jesus and John Wayne walking together through eternity, watched over by Hank Sr. And we'd get to rolling and tumbling and having a good time. 
drink whiskey like it was water. And you slugged down NyQuil like it was a glass of lemonade. You drink that red gut whiskey like a glass of water. And you're still drinking that knuckle wake up woman cough syrup like a glass of lemonade. You know, I regret the day I wrap my skinny legs around your fat butt. Cause that was about 375 pounds, the biggest leg of mistake I show ever made. Legs <laughs> off of me. Love is a beautiful thing. Roberta, Roberta, Roberta. Kiss me, baby. Way back when I was just a little bitty boy, living in a box under the stairs in the corner of the basement of the house, half a block down the street from. Jerry's Bait Shop, you know the place. Well, anyway, back then life was going swell and everything was just peachy! Except, of course, for the undeniable fact that every single morning, my mother would make me a big old bowl of sauerkraut for breakfast. my mom I said hey mom what's up with all the sauerkraut and my dear sweet mother she just looked at me like a cow looks at an oncoming train and she leaned right down next to me and she said it's good for you and then she typed me to the wall and stuck a funnel in my mouth and force fed me nothing but sauerkraut until I was 26 and a half years old that's when I swore that someday Someday I would get out of that basement and travel to a magical faraway place Where the sun is always shining and the air smells like warm root beer And the towels are oh so fluffy Where the shriners and the lepers play their ukuleles all day long And anyone on the street will gladly shave your back for a nickel Waka waka doo doo yeah Well let me tell you people, it wasn't long at all before my dream came true Because the very next day a local radio station had this contest To see who could correctly guess the number of molecules in Leonard Nimoy's butt I was off by three, but I still won the grand prize. That's right, a first-class one-way ticket to Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. You know, I 
you, it was really great. Except that I had to sit between two large Albanian women with excruciatingly severe body odor, and the little kid in back of me kept throwing up the whole time. The flight attendants ran out of Dr. Pepper and salted peanuts, and the in-flight movie was Biodome with Polly Shore, and oh yeah, three of the airplane engines burned out. We went into a tailspin and crashed into a hillside, and the plane exploded in a giant fireball, and everybody died! Except for me. You know why? Cause I had my tray table up, and my seat back in the full of pride position, have my tray table up. Twisted burning wreckage. I crawled on my hands and knees for three full days. Dragging along my big leather suitcase and my garment bag and my tenor saxophone and my 12 pound bowling ball and my lucky lucky autograph glow in the dark snorkel. But finally I arrived at the world famous Albuquerque Holiday Inn where the towels are oh so fluffy and you can eat your soup right out of the ashtrays if you wanna. It's okay, they're clean. Well, I checked into my room and I turned down the AC and I turned on the SpectraVision and I'm just about to eat that little chocolate mint on my pillow that I love so very, very much when suddenly there's a knock on the door. Well, now, who could that be? I say, who is it? No answer. Who is it? There's no answer. Who is it? They're not saying anything. So finally I go over and I open the door and just as I suspected, it's some big fat hermaphrodite with a flock of seagulls haircut and only one nostril. Oh man, I hate it when I'm right. So anyway, he burst into my room and he grabbed my lucky snorkel and I'm like, hey, you can't have that. That snorkel's been just like a snorkel to me. And he's like, tough. And I'm like, give it. And he's like, make me. And I'm like, Okay. So I grabbed his leg and he grabbed my esophagus and I bit off his ear and he chewed off my eyebrows and I took out his appendix and he gave me a colonic irrigation. Yes, indeed, you better believe it. And somehow in the middle of it all, the phone got knocked off the hook. And 20 seconds later, I heard a familiar voice. And you know what it said? I'll tell you what it said. It said, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then down your arm. a solemn vow right then and there that I would not rest. I would not sleep for an instant until the one-nostrilled man was brought to justice. But first I decided to buy some donuts. So I got in my car and I drove over to the donut shop and I walked on up to the guy behind the counter and he says, yeah, what do you want? I said, you got any glazed donuts? He said, no, we're out of glazed donuts. I said, well, you got any jelly donuts? He said, no, we're out of jelly donuts. Have you got any Bavarian cream-filled donuts? He said, no, we're out of Bavarian cream-filled donuts. I said, you got any cinnamon rolls? He said, no, we're out of cinnamon rolls. I said, you got an apple fritters? He said, no, we're out of apple fritters. I said, you got any bear claws? He said, wait a minute, I'll go check. I said, well, 
one dozen starving crazed weasels. I said, okay, I'll take that. So he hands me the box and I open up the lid and the weasels jump out and they immediately latch onto my face and start biting me all over. <laughs> oh man, they were just going nuts. They were tearing me apart. You know, I think it was just about that time that a little ditty started going through my head. I believe it went a little something like this. I ran out into the street with these flesh-eating weasels all over my face, waving my arms all around and just running, running, running like a constipated wiener dog. And as luck would have it, that's exactly when I ran into the girl of my dreams. Her name was Zelda. She was a calligraphy enthusiast with a slight overbite and hair the color of strained peaches. I'll never forget the very first thing she said to me. She said, hey, you got weasels on your face. That's when I knew it was true love. We were inseparable after that. Oh, we ate together, we bathed together, we even shared the same piece of mint-flavored dental floss. The world was our burrito. So we got married and we bought us a house and had two beautiful children, Nathaniel and Superfly. Oh, we were so very, very, very happy. Oh, yeah. But then one fateful night, Zelda said to me, she said, Sweetie Pumpkin, do you want to join the Columbia Record Club? I said, whoa, hold on now, baby. I'm just not ready for that kind of a commitment. So we broke up and I never saw her again, but that's just the way things go. looking up for me because about a week later I finally achieved my lifelong dream. That's right, I got me a part-time job at the Sizzler. I even made employee of the month after I put out that grease fire with my face. Oh yeah, everybody was pretty jealous of me after that. I was getting a lot of attitude. Okay, like one time I was out in the parking lot trying to remove my excess earwax with a golf pencil when I see this guy Marty trying to carry a big old sofa up the stairs all by himself. So I, I sit him and say, hey, you want me to help you with that? And Marty, he just rolls his eyes and goes, No, I want you to cut off my arms and legs with a chainsaw. So he did. And then he gets all indignant on me. He's like, Hey man, I was just being sarcastic. Well, that's just great. How was I supposed to know that? I'm not a mind reader for crying out loud. Besides, now he's got a really cute nickname, Torso Boy. So what's he complaining about? Say, that reminds me of another amusing anecdote. This guy comes up to me on the street and he tells me he hasn't had a bite in three days. Well, I knew what he meant, but just to be funny, I took a big bite out of his jugular vein. And he's yelling and screaming and bleeding all over, and I'm like, hey, come on, don't you get it? But he just keeps rolling around on the sidewalk, bleeding and screaming, ah! 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 And I'm completely missing the irony of the whole situation. <laughs> Man, some people just can't take a joke, you know? Anyway, I um... Where was I? I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, well, okay, anyway, I, I know it's kind of a roundabout way of saying it, but I guess the whole point I'm trying to make here is I hate sauerkraut! That's all I'm really trying to say. And by the way, if one day you happen to wake up and find yourself in an existential quandary full of loathing and self-doubt and racked with the pain and isolation of your pitiful, meaningless existence, 
At least you can take a small bit of comfort in knowing that somewhere out there in this crazy old mixed up universe of ours, there's still a little place. amid the noise and waste and remember what comfort there may be in owning a piece thereof avoid quiet and passive persons unless you are in need of sleep rotate your tires speak glowingly of those greater than yourself and heed well their advice even though they be turkeys know what to kiss and when Consider that two wrongs never make a right, but the three do. Wherever possible, put people on hold. Be comforted that in the face of all aridity and disillusionment, and despite the changing fortunes of time, there is always a big future in computer maintenance. Strive at all times to bend, fold, spindle, and mutilate. Know yourself. If you need help, call the FBI. Exercise caution in your daily affairs, especially with those persons closest to you. That lemon on your left, for instance. Be assured that a walk through the ocean of most souls would scarcely get your feet wet. Fall not in love, therefore 
it will stick to your face. Gracefully surrender the things of youth, birds, clean air, tuna, Taiwan, and let not the sands of time get in your lunch. Hire people with hooks. For a good time, call 606-4311. Ask for Ken. Take heart amid the deepening gloom that your dog is finally getting enough cheese. And reflect that whatever misfortune may be your lot, it could only be worse in Milwaukee. You are a fluke of the universe. You have no right to be here. And whether you can hear it or not, the universe is laughing behind your back. Therefore, make peace with your God, whatever you conceive him to be, hairy thunderer or cosmic muffin, with all its hopes, dreams, promises and urban renewal, the world continues to deteriorate. Give up. You are Tell you, Willie, feels like we've been online here for this show for like a day and a half. Yeah, I don't care, though, Frankie. This is my last night of Bachelor World. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm thinking about marrying the secretary from Shadelman's suit. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, she loves me, Frankie. She wants me. She likes my style of lovemaking. Willie, a stallion's gotta run and run free. I know, I know, but I love her so. I understand, but there's a whole wide world out there. A whole wide world packed for the young girls, young and sweaty, would bend over backwards for our guarded missiles of love. I don't know, Frankie. I'm confused. My brain's all twisted up. I'm going to go across the street, get a hot dog, and just think about it. Okay. Be right back. Watch out, Willie! garbage truck just swerved and splattered me against the pavement. I'm all crushed up, Frankie. It's very painful. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I know what you mean, Willie. But you want to talk about some pain? The other day I was down at my workshop, you know, mm -hmm. and I took one of them linoleum knives. Yeah. And I spread my toes apart and started sawing. Back and forth and back and forth. And then I took a little bowl of that, uh... Tabasco sauce? Yeah. And I just sprinkled it in between my toes. Yeah. And Kokomo, Bokomo, talk about a hot foot. Sounds painful. It was. I hate when I do that. I know what you mean. It's like the other day, I had nothing to do. So I grabbed one of those, um... Meat thermometers? Yeah. And I shoved it into my ear, you know, just to see how far in I could get it to go. Well, it only went in about three inches, so I took one of those, um... Ball-peen hammers? Right, and I gave it a few extra whacks. You know, boy, is that painful. Ooh! Ow! Ow! 
hate when that happens. Tell me about it. It's like the other day, I was in my bathroom, not doing nothing, just smelling the drain in the sink, mm -hmm. and I pulled down my pants, and then this, and I grabbed one of them, uh, double-edged disposable razors? Yeah, and I start shaving my tiny, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you something, it got nicked up pretty good after about 20 minutes, so I ran into my, uh... Boyer? Yeah, and I squatted in a bowl of gin. Shh. Holy moly, talk about a sting fest. I know what you mean, pal. I, I was in the kitchen, you know, just eating an anchovy on a crella. So I took my, um... Self-cutting movie projector? Yeah. And you know the slot where the film feeds in? Yeah. Well, I put my tongue in there, you know, just to see how far in I could get it to go. Yeah. Well, I switched the machine on, and my tongue started going into the machine. It was wild. It was threading all around. It was going up and down and all around. But then it got jammed. My tongue was resting against the, um... Red-hot projector bulb? Right. And I started smelling smoke. It was like I was cooking up a whole batch of, uh... Country-style patty sausages? Yeah. And I couldn't get it out. It was jammed. So I reached for one of those, um... Shrimp forks? Yeah, and I just walked it out of there. Boy. I hate when that happens. I know what you mean. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. I hate when that happens. Tell me about it. When I do that, the other day I was sitting on the stoop, not doing much, just burning the hair off my arms in my magnifying glass. And I reached for that, um... Six-inch replica of the Empire State Building? Yeah, and I jammed it up my nose, you know, just to see how far in I could get it to go. Well, it only got up to the, um... 85th floor? Yeah, so I took one of those, uh... Things that you shake up and it snows inside? Right, and I started whacking the bottom of that thing. Well, I must have hit it too hard, Frankie, because the point popped up out of the top of my head. I look weird, I did. I look like that, uh... Living unicorn in the Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus? Yeah! I hate when that happens. I know what you mean. Sounds like the time I stapled baloney to my face. It was more like the time I hammered the golf key into my belly button. Or like the time I threw my legs up over my head and scraped the back of my thighs with a cheese grater. No, I think it was like the time I was at the bowling alley and I rested my head down on the, uh... Ramp where the balls come back? Yeah. Remember my head looked like, um... Suitcase? No, um... Bag of puppy chow? No, it was the, uh... Baboon's bum. again will you know how sad I'm feeling every evening when I'm kneeling pulling up grass that died when the crab grass blooms again and I'm all alone and weeding then I'll know how much I'm needing Someone like you by my side 
I just can't go on this way. Why did we part? Soon I'll have a break and back to match my heart. Ladybugs will meet their men, and though I know you'll be gone then. Will you miss me and my lawn then, when the crabgrass blooms again? There are many ways to treat crabgrass, ways that are tried and true. You can take it from an old hand, 'cause I've tried quite a few. Now there's crab kill, and there's no crab, crab no more, and crab gone. You simply buy 'em at the store, and then you sprinkle 'em on. Some folks dig it up by the roots until they're blue in the face. But for every root they dig up, two roots grow in its place. Others have another way, a way that's guaranteed. They choke off all their crabgrass by planting some other weed. Some folks have a practical plan that's final and complete. They cover up a crabgrass lawn with a sidewalk of concrete. But my way is the best way, and I know what I'm speaking of. The best way to work on crabgrass is beside the one you love. Will your thoughts be with me then? Will you be a sympathizer? When I'm spreading fertilizer, when the crabgrass blooms again. Hurt last, Irving Taylor. When the crabgrass blooms again, Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest. I hate when that happens. National Lampoon, Deteriorata. Weird Al Yankovic, Albuquerque. The Reverend Billy C. Wirtz, Roberta, and Bob Rivers, beat up old jetliner. Began the last set. My friends, we need to take care of some pubic cervix announcements. Let me reach over here and rip these guys off the bathroom type dispenser roll. Ah, friends, disaster strikes in this country every single day. This means every single night someone needs food, shelter, and a place to rest. Please support the American Red Cross. To donate, call one eight hundred 
733-2767. Or you can visit the website at www.redcross.org. And friends, investing in today's market is becoming increasingly complex, and many people are turning to financial advisors for guidance. The experts offer these suggestions for finding the right one for you. Get references from those you trust. Ask for resumes. Interview your top choices. Ask how and when your goals will be achieved and what the fees will be, and review their records. This may seem like a lot of work, but remember, you're embarking on a long-term relationship that will affect your financial well-being for many, many years to come. And on Saturdays from 9 a.m. till noon, enjoy the program Happy Weekend with your host, Gebhard Erler, as he takes you back to the old country with beautiful German music. That's Saturday mornings at 9, right here on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. Oh, friends, having a blast here. Stick around, more to come your way. Almost live, nearly from Hollywood and in color. Tony Heineman that used to work in that local America bank building. Yeah. Did you used to work over there? Do you drive a, a Jeep? No, not anymore. Did you have a gold Jeep at that time? Yeah. Well, I'll buy a golly. I'll tell you, I'm glad they finally get in touch with you. You owe me some money. Oh, well, you got it. Well, the mail. well, I'll tell you what. You done about it six, seven, eight, nine months ago. Somebody driving a gold Jeep in that local America bank parking lot backed up into my car. Did they? Yeah. And I done about four hundred dollars worth of damage to the right rear quarter panel. Hmm. And what is your name? My name is Roy D. Mercer. I was working building maintenance back there at that local America Bank building about seven eight months ago, and I'm back working our contract workout for him. Okay. Well. What's your number, Roy? My phone number? Yeah. Well, I didn't. You know, ain't gonna need my phone number. I'm coming by there today and get my four hundred dollars out of you. <laughs> What you think is funny? Well, yeah, I think it's hysterical, Roy. Well, how do you like to have your ass whooped? Well, I don't think I'd like that either. Well, I'd, somebody'd say they backed into my car and done 400 and some odd dollars worth of damage back there to this right rear quarter panel. Hmm. That was about seven months ago, huh, Ray? Roy. Roy, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, about seven, eight months ago. Okay. I've been hell tracking you all down. <laughs> I can I can appreciate you being very angry. Well, I I guarantee you. You know, I done paid for it a long time ago. But I, I really don't see how that could have been me doing that. Well, do you drive a gold Jeep? Well, not anymore. Well, did you at the time? Well, yeah, but... Did you, was, do you work at that building? Were you there? I had worked at that building. Well, then it was you that had to done it. Well, Ray... I, uh, Roy, That's Roy. I know Roy. 
Roy, uh... But I need to get... Well, let me look here at my bill. It's $427. Well, I, I don't know how you could, uh... I did body work. I had to have paint work done on it. And there's some of that chrome stripping down the side that got tore off. Well, what? You, Roy, got, you got insurance? Well, wait a minute here, Roy. Yeah? You know, if I damage your car, I'll be happy to pay for it, but... Well, you done it. I, I'd have to find out how long it's been. Well, I don't have no idea how long it's been. I know when that body work is done, I'm coming down there today and get my $427 out of you. Or I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> I don't think it's too damn funny. Well, I, I'd hate for you have to waste a trip over here, Roy, because A, I haven't got the money, and B... You ain't got, you ain't got the money? No. <laughs> well, you got $427 worth of ass I can whoop? <laughs> there's, there's probably that much there. How'd I get up there? Well, Roy, if, if I said I was going to come whip your ass, do you think you'd give me instructions on how to get there? <laughs> I don't. You gonna be laughing out the other side of your face, Mister Hanneman, when I get through with you? Cause I got a card that been done, been tore up. I done had it fixed. My insurance rates went up on it, and I ain't even trying to charge you for that. Well, I'm sorry about that, Roy. Well, you ought to be sorry about it. You backed into my car, and didn't leave no note. Well, no. I, I, I really think you've mistaken me for someone. Uh, you must have, because I haven't worked there for over fifteen months. And I'm trying to think of when I sold the car. Well, well, I don't doubt you sold it. You took all the evidence away. What you done? How many other folks did y'all back up into and you didn't leave a note? Well, Roy, I don't make it a habit of doing that. Well, it sounds like you done it. I'm going to come over and whoop your Heineman. Well, I'd appreciate it if you didn't, but... Well, I, I, that's just a, I, it's a last resort, Tony. You know... It's, you going to be there all afternoon? Well, I'll be I'll, here for I'll, a while. I'll find out how the bike I get up early. Okay. Now, what do you look like? <laughs> Roy. It, it ain't funny. Well. And I don't take checks, neither. <laughs> well, I ain't got the money here, Roy. Well, all right, then. Well, you just get ready, because it's going to be an all-afternoon ass-whooping. <laughs> well, hang on. Hang on? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a number. Your number is going to be up, buddy boy, is what it's going to be when I come down there to whoop your ass. There you go. So? Here, give this guy a call. Give who a call? Well, it's my attorney. I don't know. I'm going to whoop his ass, too. <laughs> well, good. Whip his ass first. No, I'm coming down there and whooping your ass. Well, Roy. i tell you what. I'm coming down there to whoop your ass and I'll get $427. Just what is it going to be? Well, I guess you're going to have to come whip my ass. Well, all right, then. Well, okay. You going to be there all day? <laughs> uh, I think he's pretty upset. <laughs> That's Tony. Did you used to work over in that local America bank building? Yeah. Do you remember some old board up there named Branton Fail? I'm sorry, who? Branton Fail. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. <laughs> well, <laughs> who is this? It's Brentonville. Oh, you silly geek! <laughs> you guys, I was just getting ready to go find my flak jacket. I've got an old helmet somewhere, and I, was, I figured I was going to have to go put that stuff on. <laughs> Thank you.
There was a fella that moved to our part of the country one time. He's a Yankee fella from up around Atlanta. As far as we was concerned, anything north of Macon, you was suspect of being either a carpetbagger or a bluebelly, one or the other. We weren't never too sure about that. Well, this Benton fella come down there, and he just wandered around for a few days, and he was telling everybody how he was going to be a farmer. He finally decided it was time for him to be a real South Georgia dirt farmer, so he went down to the Rainbow Filling Station garage and grocery store, and he's talking to Mr. Bass Ferguson. And he and Mr. Bass talked for a little while, and he said, Mr. Bass... He said, what do I need to be a part of this community? He said, I really want to farm here. What do I have to buy to get into this community and start farming? Well, Bass thought about it for a minute. He said, well, said you're going to need a gee whiz. You're going to need a breaking plow. You're going to need a ground scratcher. You're going to need you a stone boat, hoe, axe, rake. And uh, if you want to be a shown up South Georgia farmer, you've got to get you one of them big red Georgia mules. So that Benton fella says, uh, well, Mr. Bass, where can I get me one of them mules? How do I grow one? Bass Ferguson looked him right in the eye and says, well, you've got to get you a mule egg or two and raise them for babies. <laughs> and Benton says, well, where do I get me a mule egg? And Bass said, I ain't got any left. I sent all mine over to the egg man in Savannah. <laughs> said, but you go on over to old Chicken Watson's place that he just might have one or two mule eggs left. So Benton said, thank you very much, and he got in his new pickup truck, and he drove over to Chicken's place, and Bass Ferguson ran in the house and called Chicken on the phone told him what he'd done. Well, Chicken run out and back, and he got himself a, a honeydew melon, one of these great big honeydew melons, and he whitewashed it real quick. And he went in the barn where he just put some fresh straw down in a clean stall, and he kind of poked it up in a little pile, and he sat that whitewashed honeydew melon right in, right in the middle of that pile of straw, and he went around the front and sat on the front porch. In about five or six minutes, while Benton comes up in his pickup truck, and he stopped, and he blew the horn. Now, you just, when you're out in the country, you just don't get out of your truck and storm up on somebody's front porch. You're liable to get shot. You blow the horn, and you sit there and wait. And when they get through with whatever it is they're doing, they'll invite you in. Well, Chicken sat there and looked at him for a minute, and he said, well, come on up. So Benton come in there, and he sat on the porch, and they talked about the weather, and they talked about the talked about the county fair, and they talked about the railroad moving the trestle, and, and had a nice talk, and finally Benton decided he better just grab it by the horns, and he said, uh, Mr. Watson, said, Bass Ferguson sent me over here, said, he told me that, said, you might have a mule egg or two left, and he said, I'm just real interested in starting to farm in this part of the country, and I surely do need me one of them big red Georgia mules, and I'd admire to raise one if you've got an egg left that I can buy. Mr. Bass told me you had the finest mule eggs in all of South Georgia. Chicken just sat there and looked at him for a minute, and he said, Mr. Benton, he said, you know, mule eggs are hard to come by. So we just don't ordinarily let just anybody have a mule egg. He said, them mules of mine are mighty valuable. I got the finest laying mules in all of the South. <laughs> said, and the laying season is over. And I just, uh, I ain't sure they're going to be anymore. But I'll tell you what, Mr. Benton, said I got me one mule egg left and I'll let you have it for $20 if you give me your word that you'll watch over that egg like a mama mule, that you'll take care of it and hatch it and bring that baby mule up right. And that fella said he would do whatever it took to bring that baby mule up in a good home and the right way. 
and he convinced old chicken that he'd be careful with that mule egg. So they went out to the barn, and friends, there it was. There was a, there was a little hole in the roof, and the sun was shining in that little hole. It was kind of like a spotlight right on that, right on that mule egg sitting up in that straw. And that Benton's feller's eyes like the bug out of his head. He'd give chicken a $20 bill, and he, he grabbed that mule egg up to his bosom, and he was cuddling it, and he was humming to it, Rock-a-bye, baby mine, little mule. And he was carrying that mule egg, and he went back out to the front. And you had to cross this kind of a little rickety footbridge to get over the ditch back out to his truck. And that Benton fella tripped. And that mule egg just made the most beautiful arc you ever seen and splattered right in that ditch, just <laughs> blew itself all to pieces, and it landed about six inches from a swamp rabbit. And that rabbit come up out of that ditch and went across that road about 90 miles an hour. And that Benton fellow was laying there on the ground. And he kind of rolled over on his back and he looked up at Chicken. And Chicken was standing there looking at him, shaking his head. And that Benton fellow had tears in his eyes. And he said, Mr. Watson, he said, I'm so sorry. Said, I'd have done anything to bring that baby mule up the right way. But I'll tell you one thing. Said, as fast as he runs, I couldn't have kept up behind him with no plow anyway. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner, James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, we hope you will reach for one of these. New Bartles and James Brown wine cooler. It tastes they come in three funky flavors. <laughs> Gravity grape, Get down. prime of passion fruit, Whoa, and my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new day. <laughs> It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. Whoa. And a single pack serves six to ten, just like James. <laughs> new Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler, made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And uh, thank you for your support. I was cruising around town in my new two-ton, 354-wheel drive diesel dually when the news came on the radio. The president was sending another 20,000 troops to Iraq. It looked like there was no end in sight. So I turned this baby around and pointed this Dodge to Canada. The new Dodge Draft. It'll get you to the Canadian border in just two days flat. From just about anywhere. And now, time once again for Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today, we salute you, Mr. Bottle Rocket Inventor. Mr. Bottle Rocket Inventor. Thank you for taking the concept of the guided missile and placing it in the hands of children and one-eyed rednecks everywhere. Munitions for the masses. Yes, each burning rooftop and screaming homeowner is like a little thank you note to Thomas Jefferson. Happy flaming forth now. Thanks to your well-designed guidance system, also known as a stick, we can share our holiday spirit with passing cars and even the neighbor's pets. Every cat's a black cat. So go ahead, pat yourself on the back as we throw your product in the air, then run like hell as it chases us across the lawn. Take pride as we stand in the emergency room, cursing your inconsistent fusing mechanisms. Because after all, Francis Scott Key wrote the words, bombs bursting in air. 
not snakes and sparklers, fizzling on the driveway. Mr. Bottle Rocket and Dancer! Hey, Fred, where'd you get that tiny little tractor? It ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha. Oh, hell, they don't make tractors, they make motorcycles. No, gone it, it ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha Trimoto from Early Cycle Center. Well, what the hell you need a little tiny tractor like that for? I said it ain't a tractor, and I got it for herding my cows, working on the fences, you know, getting around on the farm. Well, you got a pick-em-up truck for that. I know, but this here three-wheeler from Early Cycle Center uses about a tenth as much gas as that damn old truck, and it's a hell of a lot more fun, too. I can haul my fence in the equipment on this big old damn rack on the back, and with the ultra-low gear, I can get up in the woods and pull them f***ing logs down the hill where the tractor won't go. No sh Hell yeah! Sure looks like a little tiny tractor. It ain't a f***ing tractor, damn it. It's a Yamaha Trimoto. I think I'll get me one of them little tractors. It ain't a f***ing tractor. Well, look at them big damn knobby tractor-looking tires. You scum-sucking son of a bitch, it ain't a tractor. Take a look at the Yamaha Trimoto from Early Cycle Center on Route 42 south of Harrisonburg. It'll outpull, outwork, outrun, and outfuck almost anything in its class. And it's not a fucking tractor. Hello, Domination Pizza. Uh, yes, I'd like a small cheese, tomato, and beef pizza, please, if that wouldn't be too much trouble. Bull, you're going to have a medium-thin crust with jalapenos, and that's it. Nothing to drink. No napkins, and we'll deliver it when we're good and ready. Well, I guess that'll be okay. What? That's yes, mistress. That's all. No guessing. No pretending like you're anything but my scum dog floor mop. On your knees and keep your head down. Domination Pizza is ready when we're ready. Get it and like it. Now call! As we approach... The hour of 4 a.m. I need to tell you, you are in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. You're in tune with the Late Late Show. I'm Ed Clayton. Great to have you on board. And once again, friends, portions of this program, if performed correctly, could contain material that may be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, this would make a delightful time to tune away. Return to WAFE at 5 a.m. when Mr. Vern Elliott will be in pinch-hitting for Pastor and Sister Walker with Open Your Bible. All right, friends, stick around. We have much more to come your way. Always a large time on The Late Late Show. TV Nicks, the distinctive voice of Fleetwood Mac. Her style is unforgettable. Her lyrics, unintelligible. Stevie's back with all your favorite hits on one big album. It's Stevie Nicks. What the hell is she saying? Yes, all her classics are here. You'll get me, Henry, and the incomparable Get 
digitally remumbled for stereo inaudibility. This is Stevie Nicks at her most nebulous. Stevie Nicks, what the hell is she saying? Available now on Incoherent Records and Tapes. Here at Squatty Potty, we think a clean butt is something you should take pride in. And during these unprecedented times, we've noticed more and more butts are being neglected by a lack of toilet paper. That's why we decided it was time to take matters into our own hands. Introducing toilet paper seeds from Squatty Potty, so you can grow your own toilet paper. It's so simple. Just plant, water, and watch your seeds grow into natural, organic, two-ply toilet paper. Because your ass is our business, and it deserves a soft wipe. The toilet paper plant makes a great addition to any home and is uniquely bred to require minimal light. That's because it's already used to going where the sun don't shine. Stop fighting off hordes of angry shoppers and get yourself a pack of Squatty Potty toilet paper seeds. Now clearly, toilet paper seeds aren't real, but that doesn't mean you can't buy them anyway. We plan on donating the entire profit from each pack sold to help people in the United States who are struggling during the COVID-19 pandemic. In commemoration of your donation, we'll send you a digital file which you can print out and make your own toilet paper seed packet so you can let everyone know that you're the shit. Hey. Morning's here. It's time to rise. Wipe the sleep from your sweet eyes. Joy Gridnick here. Did you know Ed's personality has been patented as a means of birth control? It's true. He's just spitting out words to see where they splatter. He don't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his butt.
To the Costco, I say don't hold your breath. You'll find on every aisle that there really ain't nothing left. I've been hoarding and prepping so long that all my neighbors used to say my mind was gone. Whatever the disaster, man, I got it covered. You thought pandemics and earthquakes and war was unheard of. I used to be the guy you're mocking, but now we're talking. I'm a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Hate to say I told you so, but I gotta quote. Always knew it for myself, you thought it was a joke, fool Used to call me names, now I'm the guy you wanna be like Took a month of Taekwondo, so I'm ready for a street fight Made fun of most my life, now I'm in a prepper's paradise Thought I was wrong, so you rolled the dice But I'm in a prepper's paradise Why you need all that beans and rice? Man, I'm in a prepper's paradise Said I was weird, now you want advice Living in a prepper's paradise The liberal agenda they've been defending It's communism 2.0 And you know that I'm right So you gotta watch out for the chemtrails Too much fluoride in the water Got you looking pale I'm an educated man, all my money is mine No college in my hand, but there's a blog from a guy Who's a deep state gangster, alerts me from danger Says the media lies, which does arouse my anger Fool fear is something that I keep locked away By over-preparation, man, what can I say? Got 23 guns, now tomorrow I'll have 24 The way things are going, I'll need more Tell me why were they so blind to see? That there would be a run on all the TV. I made fun of most my life. Now I'm in a prepper's paradise. Thought I was wrong, so you rolled the dice. But I'm in a prepper's paradise. Why you need all that beans and rice? Man, I'm in a prepper's paradise. Said I was weird, now you want advice. Living in a prepper's paradise. Use gold for my money, solar for my power, ration all my food so it don't get devoured. Everyone is crazy, and so I'm always looking. I don't label all my cans, so I don't know what's cooking. The man is gonna burn if they brainwash him trying to teach me. But if I'm off the grid, then they'll never reach me. I hope they can. Don't say they won't. They right out front. I'm paranoid and also out of wheat, fool. Made fun of most my life. Now I'm in a prepper's paradise. Thought I was wrong, so you rolled the dice. But I'm in a prepper's paradise. Why you need all that beans and rice? Man, I'm in a prepper's paradise. Said I was weird, now you want advice. Living in a prepper's paradise.
Flu season's back again. Every year, apparently, a guy gets on a boat in Formosa, forgets to wipe himself, and we get the flu. He gets off the boat, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing? Whatever you do, don't get a flu shot. Every year, it's scarier and scarier. Last year, my doctor scared me into one. He said, you know what people are doing? They're sh** out their mouths. I don't like to brush that much. Give me a shot. It's the worst thing you can do. A flu shot gives you a cold for 365 days. Every day you wake up, you got a cold, but you never got the flu because you always have a cold. I like a cold because I get to do my favorite drug, which is NyQuil. I love that stuff. What do, you, what do the rest of you use? Robitussin? Robitussin, why do you bother? Non-narcotic sissy pansy bullshit. NyQuil's got the best thing I've ever read on a medicine package, 180 proof. It's the moonshine of medicine. You can buy it on a holiday. See, because when I got a cold, I want something that's going to f*** me up. Because that way, the blur seems interesting. There's a daytime NyQuil, there's a nighttime NyQuil. Drink either one you want, because your cold doesn't give a sh what time it is. NyQuil comes in two colors, red and green. It's the only thing on the planet that tastes like red and green. And red and green are what? Christmas colors. That's right, NyQuil makes a dandy eggnog. Oh yeah, my friends bitched through the whole party. This tastes like sh**. But at the end of it, we had a fun sleepover. <laughs> First time I did NyQuil was 1977. It came on the market, and I was there. I said, give me that. Had a little nurse's cap on it. Get rid of it. It's bullshit. If there was a nurse, I wouldn't need the medicine. So I proceeded to drink the whole thing. Well, back then, they didn't have the warning about operating farm equipment. Obviously, you're not supposed to drink it. I woke up three days later. I was in Rockville, Maryland, a city I'd never been in. I was standing in front of a courthouse and I was married to a woman I'd never met. But goddammit, I could breathe again. It's time to celebrate Father's Day. But I'm not doing it the usual way Due to COVID-19, I won't go out today I'm staying home to avoid the second wave So instead, I'll take the time to just musically say Thank you for my sense of humor, Dad You know I got my humor from you And the doctor demented when the Looney Tunes Come for my finger, then clearing the room what you doing now, Dad? I'm playing tennis. I learned sarcasm then. My sense of humor started then. Another thing I was often told 
Don't pick your nose on a bumpy road You can pick your friends and your nose, he'd say But don't pick your friend's nose, that's not okay And things weren't always okay, but his jokes never dim Even things were kind of grim, yeah My optimism comes from him and the doctor demento and the loony tunes Crumple my fingers and clear in the room What you doing now that I'm playing tennis? I learned sarcasm then My sense of humor started then We'd watch Monty Python and Aeroplane so many dumb puns were stuffed in my brain And though we haven't watched one together in a while Each time I see one I just have to smile And if someone says, surely you don't still enjoy these I tell them, yes, don't call me Shirley, please And the doctor to metal and the loony tunes Crumple my fingers and clear in the room What you doing now that I'm playing tennis? I learned sarcasm then my sense of humor started then My dad since retired, who's slightly away He called me up just the other day He said I'd like to see you if you don't mind I said I'd love to dad, but now is not the time you see, this COVID's a hassle and it's worse than the flu But I'll write a parody for you, Dad I will write a parody for you And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He's why that I'm funny His jokes were what made me And the doctor Demento and the loony tunes Come through my fingers and clear in the room what you doing now that I'm playing tennis? I learned sarcasm then. My sense of humor started then. It is time now for Crime Fighter's Notice. Hi, uh, McDonald's Hamburgers? Yes, it is. Uh, <clears throat> this is Sergeant Kirtland of the Air National Guard, and I'd like to, um, get some lunches to go if I possibly could. Uh, well, we're not open for another two hours, sir. Well, um, what time does it be? About 10 o'clock you'd open? About 10.30, sir. Yeah, well, uh, I wondered if, uh, if I can, uh, give, you, give the order now. I need quite a few, and, uh, stop by this afternoon and pick them up. Well, I'm just cleaning up. I'm the assistant manager. Maybe, uh... Well... Uh, like to get, if I could, 1,200 hamburgers. 12? Pardon me, sir? 12, 1,200 hamburgers is what we'd like to get. we got a troop movement scheduled, one with the local colleges, and uh, like to uh, just, get some lunches to go. Just a moment. I'm going to have to ask my... <clears throat> just Could you hold on for yeah, I, yeah, Sergeant? Fine. Just a moment, sir. There's a guy here who's a sergeant with the National <laughs> Guard who wants 1,200 hamburgers. <laughs> Hello? 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 Yeah, listen, uh, what do you think? Well, uh, 
we don't have enough meat or the buns for 1,200 hamburgers. Well, can't you get some from the other stores? I guess That's I'll... That's the government, you know. I, yes, sir. I'll, I'll have to do that, I'll sir. tell you what. Why don't you just take the order and then uh, get them as soon as you can, and I'll call you back in an hour, sir, oh, okay? That, that would be good, sir. What All right, we need... Huh? You want, we, uh, 1,200 hamburgers. Now, listen, on 300 of those, I want you to hold the mustard, but put on plenty of mayonnaise and lettuce, yeah. and I don't want any onions on those. And on 200... Well, no, make that 201. I want you to hold the mayo and lettuce, but lay on the mustard and make those medium rare. And if you... On, on, on the first 300... Let's see. On the first 300, if you can cook 275 of those rare with onions and mustard and mayo and no lettuce. You got that so far? Yeah. No lettuce. Uh, and it's okay to, uh, to hold the mustard on those either. And don't butter the buns on half of those, but put butter on about 134. Well, see, half of 275 be 134, right? And then, and then the half of that make it butter on the buns. We'll make it butter on the buns for 135 with no mustard or lettuce, but plenty of mayonnaise and onions. Then we want 250 just plain with no mustard or mayonnaise or lettuce or onions. Well, wait a minute. You can put lettuce on three of those. And cook those medium well with no butter on the buns. And can we get some chocolate shakes for everybody? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Light 
for this everlasting night at the Highway Cafe of the Damned. There's a black velvet painting of the king of rock and roll hanging just beside the door. The short order cook has a lean and hungry look as he soils the kitchen floor. The radio is playing Barry Manilow incessantly, it almost drives me mad. A drunken local trollop tries to pitch the double wallop to a salesman clad in plaid. Waitress, waitress, bring me some coffee, make it as hot as you can. Bring me a light for this everlasting night at the Highway Cafe of the Down. I try to leave, but two-headed Cerberus is holding me at bay. The truck's soon by, and I know that I am doomed to forever stay. Death thou comest when I had the least in mind, I was cut down in my prime. Sentenced to stale rolls and warmed over casseroles until the end of time. Waitress, waitress, bring me some coffins. Yeah. And bring me a light for this everlasting night at the Highway Cafe of Dam. Waitress, waitress, bring me some coffee. I know he's your kind of man. And bring me a light for this everlasting night at the Highway Cafe of Dam. to you tonight, my friends. Would I lie to you? Would I lie to you? It was only a couple of years ago, friends. We were cruising along in the honeysuckle rose. We were out near Albuquerque, New Mexico. U.S. of A. Western Hemisphere, Earth, Milky Way, Universe. We were feeling good. We were in love with life. We were not mad at nobody. It's a true story, true story. There were little squirrels and rabbits and chipmunks dancing on the dashboard of the bus. Yes, they were. Little friendly furry creatures of the forest and dell. Seventeen little tiny lady mice about that big had on little pink tutus, little silver slippers. They had little velvet bows between their ears. They were linked tiny furry paw and tiny furry paw. They were right in front of the steering wheel. They were singing, zip doo da zip <laughs> Everything was beautiful. All of a sudden, I looked around in the rearview mirror. Lo and behold, what did I see coming up behind us on the freeway going 11,423.2 miles per hour? But a Navajo van line semi-tractor and trailer truck. I was personally astounded. Really, I was. I looked down the, back at the band. I said, band? I said, look at this dude going 11,423.2 on a 55 MPH interstate. The band all had on rose-colored sunglasses that day. They went, yeah. 
because they were accidentally stoned. <laughs> now you say, I know, I know what you're saying. You say, hey man, don't give us that jive. We know musicians don't get accidentally stoned. Friends, these are clean living young men and women. <laughs> they do not cuss, drink, smoke, or chew or associate with them to do. But on this particular day, about 15 minutes before this story of the trucker that I'm telling you, about 15 minutes prior to this incident, I looked over and headed east on the freeway. I saw a Van Nuys girls junior high school basketball team in a yellow school bus. They were headed east at 723 miles an hour. Looked like a John Wayne War movie. There was smoke coming out of every window on that bus. I knew what it was. It was the noxious, evil, killer weed. So that I would not be personally contaminated, I glommed onto myself a great big double lung full of breath of fresh air. Kind of like this. <gasps> but in this condition, it was difficult to warn the rest of the band. So the smoke got in the bus and they got stoned and that's why they were going, yeah. That was as excited as they got all day. I don't know what that truck driver in that Navajo van line semi-tractor and trailer truck had done, my friend, but he must have done something wrong. There were 23 skillion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, million policemen on his case. They were in jet planes. <laughs> Helicopters. Bunch of Piper Cubs and Cessna 172s. One V-tailed Beechcraft Bonanza with two doctors and some girls from Vegas ringing martinis. Yes. Flying like that. Laughing a lot. Said they were looking for the Super Bowl. This was in July. There were a lot of, uh, as, as you might understand that there were a lot of uh, squad cars needed to handle all these policemen. There were, there was an inordinate amount of, uh, or were an inordinate amount, there were a whole bunch of uh, Chrysler products. <laughs> a couple of Fords and Chevys, 149 Nash Rambler with Broderick Crawford in the back seat. I don't know what they wanted with that truck driver, my friend, but they wanted to talk to him about something. This is the scary part. As the truck came by the bus, I looked around and my jaw went slack and agape in utter awe and amazement. Kind of like this. When I went like that, the driver of that truck, that nefarious rapscallion, threw a plastic baggie out the right-hand window of the truck. That was about that big, plastic baggie. It was, a, it was about turkey basting size. Big green trash bag. Said Lawrence Livermore on the side. Now I don't know what was in that baggie, my friends. But as I came through the window, I got a glimpse. It looked like little tiny religious wafers. You may have seen them in, uh, see, just before midterm exams. They were little white pills with crosses on them. Landed right in the middle of my slack and they gave jaw. Before I knew what had happened, I had accidentally swallowed that baggie. <laughs> now, like I say, I don't know what was in it. 
five minutes after I swallowed it. I felt this tribulation in my nervous system. Oh, I felt good. I had all this energy. I wanted to drive fast, drink wine, make love, crash, shoot the teacher, flip out, go to Tijuana, get married. I want to live a little bit. Oh, yes. I felt like I wanted to save the universe. But I didn't know what was attacking it. So then I felt like attacking it and saving it from myself. In the next 22 minutes, I wrote over 181,000 songs. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't remember any of them. We'd like to do this love song. It's a song I wrote with the sweet little old Nicolette Larson.
Hoyt Axton with The Bus Story and An Old Greyhound. The Austin Lounge Lizards gave us the Highway Cafe of the Damned. The Reverend Fred Lane and his disheveled monkey biters with Get Out of My Gal. Don Imus, 1,200 hamburgers to go. From a Dr. Demento collection, Cats in the Kettle. COVID-19 there. NyQuil, Cold and Flu, Lewis Black. A little gem off of the web, Prepper's Paradise. And a Beatles parody began the last set. I gotta wash my hands. My friends, why don't we get some pubic cervix announcements out of the way for the final time on this week's Late Late Show. Rip these off of the bathroom type dispenser roll, yes! Friends, did you know, did you know, you can help save up to four lives in less than an hour? Well, you can, by donating blood. Start saving lives now by calling the Hawksworth Blood Center at 513-451-0910 or you can visit their website at www.hawksworth.org. And 70% of Americans have experienced a life-threatening accident or violent assault. Later, nearly 20% of these survivors experience recurring memories, have difficulty concentrating or sleeping. These are all symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a treatable condition. For more information, call 802-296-6300 or visit the website at www.ptsdinfo.org And if you like rock and roll, R&B, soul, roots, and folk music, tune in to Blue Snakes and Banjos every Wednesday evening from 6 to 8 here on WAIF. Bob Hurst and Bill Thompson... Bob Hurst and Bill Thompson have been called the best music education on the radio by City Beat, and the two of them mix their songs with shenanigans to keep the show entertaining. That's Blue Snakes and Banjos, Wednesday evenings from 6 to 8, right here on your community radio station, 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. Uh, friends, stick around. We have more to come on the Late Late Show. At the top of the hour, Mr. Vern Elliott will be in pinch hitting for the walkers with Open Your Bible. Stick around, friends. Box with the straps, with the straps. Turn around and gaze at me. 
pointless, but it's something which I picked up during my career as a scientist. This may prove useful to some of you someday, perhaps, in a somewhat bizarre set of circumstances. It's simply the names of the chemical elements set to a possibly recognizable tune. Neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and astatine, and radium, and golden protactinium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. There's yttrium, ytterbium, actinium, rubidium, aborin, gadolinium, niobium, iridium, and strontium, and silicon, and silver, and samarium, and bisothromine, lithium, beryllium, and barium. Isn't that interesting? I knew you would. I hope you're all taking notes because there's going to be a short quiz next period. <laughs> there's holmium and helium and hafnium and erbium and phosphorus and francium and fluorine and terbium and manganese and mercalium and lithium and magnesium and dysprosium and scandium and cerium and cesium and lead, praseodymium and platinum and plutonium, palladium, promethium, potassium, polonium and tantalum, tenesium, titanium, tellurium and cadmium and calcium and chromium and curium. There's sulfur, californium, and fermium, berkelium, and also mendelevium, einsteinium, nobelium, and arc, kryptonium, radon, xenon, zinc, and rhodium, and chlorine, carbon, cobalt, copper, tungsten, tin, and sodium. These are the only ones of which the news has come to Harvard, and there may be many others, but they haven't been discovered.
Is this alright? Oh, my life. Want a fight about it? <laughs> no, John Bond, Billy. How <laughs> much, man? What you guys doing? How's old Delbert? Not too good. <laughs> Sitting over there nursing a big old black eye. Uh-oh. What happened? Well, we was at Hoots last night having a beer or 12. Uh-huh. And this fella got into it with him there at the bar. Mm. Boy ended up cracking Delbert right in the face of the beer bottle. Whoa! Oh. No! That's what Delbert said. <laughs> he hit the floor like a 50-pound sack of concrete. Mm. And the cops showed up. One of them was interviewing him, asked Delbert if he could describe his assailant. Mm-hmm. Delbert said, well, that's what I was doing when he hit me with the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah, it, it kind of spoiled the mood there, too. We was out celebrating our brand new gig. What new gig? Remember Jay Honeycutt from NASA? Yeah. He come by to see us after he left the radio station the other morning and offered us a job. No, Whoa. he didn't. Yeah, he did. What, what are you going to be doing? We're going to be what they call the vehicle surface maintenance team. Wow, oh. vehicle surface maintenance team. Yeah. So, so now what do you do? Well, we wash her down, put a heavy coat of wax on her, and then buff to a luster shirt. <laughs> You're waxing the space shuttle? No, I believe it's a 1994 Chrysler LeBaron convertible. <laughs> LeBaron? You mean you're uh... Yeah, it's a Honeycutt's personal car. <laughs> you can make anything sound good if you hang a fancy technical sounding name on it. In fact, Jay asked if we could do his wife's car, too. Uh-huh. We're referring to that as some extravehicular activity. <laughs> so, you ain't exactly starting out back in the top, huh? Well, hey, I mean, even John Travolta had to make a couple of wax at it before he made that big comeback. <laughs> so you guys going to be moving back to Florida? No, actually, we's on what they call a mission-specific deployment. Which means? Uh, we drive down, do the wash and wax, uh, sleep in the truck, and drive on the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> so not exactly a full-time, long-term deal you got there. No, it's what we call a limited-duration engagement. <laughs> <laughs> and it's somewhat minimally funded, too. Ah. That means they got us pretty cheap. <laughs> so, so if you're not going to get to work with any of that high-tech stuff like when you worked there before, that's no, not going to happen. Now, while we're down there, Jay asked us if we could make some minor modifications on this digital satellite receiving station. Huh. Hmm. So what are you going to be doing there? Putting a jumper in the box so he can get free HBO there at the house. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, I got on here Delbert is fixing to launch. And before we do, we got to secure funding for acquisition of material for our assignment. And what does that mean? we got to go to the 24 machine and get some money so we can run by Western Auto and pick up some turtle wire. Are you going to see it Yeah, well. Well, open a hailing frequency and send out a duh in his direction. He'll comprehend your transmission. And we'll uh, rendezvous with y'all when we achieve re-entry. Uh, that means we'll see you until we get back. All right. Uh, y'all get me straight up there. All right, dude. All right, dude. Come on, Billy. Yo. Hey, Max here. Hey, Max.
Thanks. Well, I hear y'all got these boys on the show. What was that lace Rob Becker? Got that Rob? Broadway show? Oh, yeah, the caveman. About men being cavemen. Yeah. Uh-huh. All I get, everybody making the whole, whole professions out of the difference between men and women. All them stupid books and lectures, uh-huh. comedians. Yeah. I guess it can be fun, but I tell you, Rob, I listen to you. Now, I'm kind of with you on that caveman deal. Because right? if my whole life consists of how that I can better get along with my wife, uh-huh. take a club and beat me with it. <laughs> now, I'm going to break it down for you women and men. This is going to be a service to you as well. Uh-huh. I got 25 things, women, that we men want you to know. Learn these. Just 25 things, and you'll understand this. Everything will be all right. We can live happily ever after. Okay. All right? All right. Number one, learn to work the toilet seat. Hmm. If it's up, don't come tell us about it. Put it down yourself. Number two, don't cut your hair. Ever. Number three, don't make us guess. We hate that. Number four, if you ask a question you don't want an answer to, expect an answer you don't want to hear. Number five, sometimes we're not thinking about you. You must learn to live with it. Number six, we're never thinking about, quote, the relationships. Number seven, get rid of your cat. No. No, it's not different. It's just like every other cat. Number eight, dogs are better than any cats, period. Number nine, Sunday equals sports. Number ten, shopping is not everybody's idea of a good time. Number eleven, anything you wear is fine. Really? Number twelve, you have enough clothes. Number thirteen, you have too many shoes. Number fourteen, cry. Mine is blackmail. Use it if you must, but don't expect us to like it. Number 15, your brother is an idiot. Number 16, ask for what you want. Subtle hints don't work. Number 17, no, we don't know what day it is. We never will. Mark anniversaries. Number 18, share the bathroom. Number 19, share the closet. Number 20, yes and no are perfectly acceptable answers. Number 21, a headache that lasts for 17 months is a problem. See a doctor. Number 22, nothing says I love you like sex in the morning. Number 23, foreign films are best left to foreigners. Number 24, check your oil. And number 25, don't give us 50 rules when 25 will do. All right. John Boyd, did that do it? Yeah. All right. John Boyd Billy, y'all have a nice day. Meh, hello. <laughs> Is this hard? All my life, want to fight about it? No, man, I just like hearing you say that. John Boy and Billy here. Hey, say that, you big old hairy, no driving, nose picking, <laughs> no calorie burning, looking, etc., etc., etc. Not much nose picking. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to change up, throw a new one in on there. All right, that was good. Hey, uh, listen, Hoyt, now last we heard, Jay Honeycutt from NASA asked you guys to come down and work for him. Yeah. So tell us what happened wait wait a minute i'm getting pretty good at this technical lingo mm-hmm. that you were using so you tell me what happened in astronaut ease 
and then I'll translate it, all right? All right. All right, let's do that. Well, let's see. Uh, the mission team transferred to the staging area. All right, you and Delbert drove to Florida. Yeah. yeah. We did the vehicle surface maintenance detail. Washed and waxed Jay's car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we got in a little extra vehicular activity. Did his wife's right. car, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at that point, we had an unplanned equipment malfunction that mm. caused an injury to the distaff member of the management team. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Uh, mission specialist Delbert run over Miss Honeycutt's foot when he was moving the car back in the driveway. <laughs> At which point, of course, uh, Jay informed Delbert of a mental deficiency on his part mm. and posed an alternative theory on the species of his maternal parent. Mm. In other words, he called him a stupid farmer. Yeah, I know. I, I think we can translate that one. All right. Well, needless to say, we was forced to abort. As they yeah, yeah. And as a result of the event, we're currently in a state of reduced mission funding. So, they ran you off without paying you. That's affirmative. <laughs> uh, let me see. So this probably won't get you back onto the A-team for that space shuttle program. Well, no. Uh, not till the swelling in Miss Honeycutt's foot goes down a little bit. Anyway. Uh, so how did that go? Not too good. All right. Summed up. But it don't matter. After all, our manufactured housing environment is fully funded. Yeah. In other words, the trailer's already paid for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, we still got to buy groceries, uh, uh, which reminds me, I got to run here. Me and Joey Chitwood are fixing to go to work. <laughs> are you going to see Uber later on? Yeah, well. Well, you tell him I said, duh. Mm. Hell know what you mean. All right. Y'all keep them straight up. Hello, Red Hot Channel Incorporated, from the wine and cheese bunch to the guys with big belt buckles, we've got an act to give any group big chuckles. Mm. From top 40 bands to chamber musicians, stand-up comedians, even magicians. Come see their pictures. They're out in our lobby. And if you want to go cheap, we've got Jimbo and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good to get. Hey, uh, Mr. Pesto. No, this is. <laughs> yeah, right. How's it going? Don't ask. Oh, let me guess. You broke up with another boyfriend. No more calls, please. We have a winner. <laughs> oh, see, what was the problem this time? Oh, we had religious differences. Religious differences? Yeah, he thought he was God, and I didn't. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> well, you'll meet somebody new. You always do. Ooh, thank you, Ward Cleaver. <laughs> hey, listen, is Murray in? I'm sorry, Murray's out of the office right now. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead what? Murray's out of the office right now, so what's the punchline? There's no punchline. He really is out of the office right now. I have no idea where he is. <laughs> wow, this is a first. Yeah. Hey, listen, while I got you on the phone, I've got something you need to hear. Uh, okay, what is it? Well, you know that guy, Mad Max? Yeah. There's 25 rules for women, that list of things he read the other day. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, me and a couple of my girlfriends who've had similar difficulties in relationship department uh -huh. have been working on a little list of our own. Can I run these past you? Well, so Murray's really not in? No, Murray's not in. I told you. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Well, go ahead, then. All right, here it is. 25 rules for men to help them understand women. By Lucille DePesto, Leanne Shubring, and Gloria Hayward. <laughs> All right. Number one, learn to work the toilet seat. <laughs> if you've managed to lift it up, gravity is on your side when it comes to putting it back down. <laughs> Number two, 
Sometimes we are not thinking about having sex. <laughs> Number three, I ate it, didn't I? Is not considered praise. <laughs> Number four, your responsibility for raising children does not end at conception. <laughs> Number five, get rid of your comb over. It's not different. It's just as ridiculous as every other comb over. You're losing your hair. Face it. Ouch. Number six. An order of takeout ribs in a Chris Farley movie is not everybody's idea of a good time. <laughs> Number seven, yeah, yeah, you look fine is not a compliment. <laughs> Number eight, yes, I do tell my best friend everything. <laughs> Number nine, you have enough ball caps. <laughs> Number ten, you have too many t-shirts. <laughs> Number eleven, you're too old to wear a goatee. <laughs> Number twelve, Every actor we find attractive is not gay. You can stop using this one. We've all heard it. Number 13, a hug is not always a prelude to sex. Number 14, when we ask, are you listening? We already know that you're not. Number 15, your best friend is an idiot. Number 16, Nothing says I love you like offering to go to the grocery store. <laughs> Number 17, if you can rebuild the carburetor on a 66 Mustang, working the washing machine should be a snap. <laughs> Number 18, yes and no are sometimes acceptable answers. Grunts and blank stares are not. <laughs> Number 19, a sore back that prevents you from doing household chores for 17 months is a problem. See a doctor. <laughs> Number 20, underwear is like a car. After five years, it needs to be replaced with a newer model. <laughs> Number 21, a romantic weekend getaway does not involve baiting a hook. <laughs> Number 22, slapping us on the butt and saying, how about getting me a cold one there, sweet thing, is not foreplay. <laughs> Number 23, the missionary position is best left to missionary. <laughs> Number 24, rolling over and mumbling, I've got to get some sleep, does not produce an afterglow. <laughs> and finally, number 25, if it was really good for me, you wouldn't have to ask. Oh, All right, Chuckles, go to the rules. Learn them, know them, live them. Hey, can I send you a copy to put on that Jimbo and Bobby website? Uh, yeah. I bet these would be real helpful to the goobers that listen to your show. Well, sure, we'd be happy to put them up there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Hey, guess who just walked in the door? It's Murray. Hi, Murray. Oh, good. Hey, can we talk to him? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that's not mine. That was somebody else. It was who? The UPS guy? I mean, hey, that was just the UPS guy. Probably picking up a package or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Looks like Murray's still out of the office, all right. Oh, come on, Seal. Uh, ooh, what's that, Jimbo? Uh, you're breaking up. Uh, must be sunspots. Hey, hey, there aren't any sunspots right now. There aren't? No. Oh, but it must be, um, what? This cheap cordless phone. Yeah, that's it. Please try your call again later. Oh, and give my love to Bobby. That's Billy. Him too, and Jimbo. Why? Call me. Coffee. My lady drinks coffee. She had a vanilla latte. I tasted it. I said, God, 
That's good. What is that? She said a vanilla latte. I said, yo, I'm going to get me one. Where'd you get it from? She said, Starbucks. I said, I'm going. She said, babe, I should go with you because you've never been. Girl, shut up. I'm grown. I'm going to go by myself. No, babe, I'm serious. You don't know how it works there. Let me go with you. Girl, shut up. I'm fine. I get in the car. I drive to Starbucks. She keep calling me while I'm on the way to Starbucks. You get there yet? You okay? You need my help? Now I'm getting nervous. Like, what the f*** is this place? I'm really getting nervous. I get to Starbucks. I've never seen anything like it. I open the door. It's mayhem. All I hear is noise. Give me the frat whack. Frat whack. Bat that. Frat whack. Bat whack. Frat whack. Frat whack. Bat whack. I've never seen anything like it. I'm scared. I'm in line. I don't even know how I got in line, but I'm there. I'm like in the middle. I'm trying to fit in, but I know I don't. I'm sweating. I'm next. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the pressure that the barista put on me for not knowing the lingo. It's my first time ever going to Starbucks, people. My first time. I'm like, good morning. Um, it's crowded, right? <laughs> um, what do I want? Um, let me get a, let me get a vanilla latex. I'm sorry, sir, what'd you say? Is it... Let me get a, let me get a vanilla latex. Latex, let me get that. You mean latte? Yes, that's what I mean. Let me get a, let me get a small vanilla latte. Okay, sir, that's one tall vanilla latte. No, it's not what I want. I don't want a tall, I want a small. Sir, a tall is a small. No, it's not. If that's the case, I'll be tall. Tall's a tall, small's a small. You know what? I don't want to cause a rut. Whatever your version of a small is, let me get that. How'd you like it, sir? Was like that iced or hot? What's going on, man? What you talking about? Like, like when I get nervous, I just repeat. Would I like an iced or hot? Would I like an iced or hot? Um. How would you get it? The lady behind me was like, mm, she only had one shoulder. I stopped talking to her immediately. I said, let me, let me get an ice. He said, what you say? I said, hot, hot ice, icy hot. Put it together like that. That's how I want it. That's how I drink it. So would you like it whipped or blended? Would I like it whipped or blended? Fuck! Well, I like it whipped or blended. You know what? Whip it. Whip it. Whip it real good. Just do that. <laughs> Sir, for two more dollars, you want to make it a skinny? Well, you know I ain't trying to leave with the fat bitch. Do what you got to do, man. <laughs> so what kind of milk would you like? Would you like, would you like whole milk, skin milk, 2% soy? I ain't even know it's that many milks, man. <laughs> Would y'all cut the heat on? God fucking ass is sweating. Can you back up? Back up. You don't see I'm trying to take this test? <laughs> How many you say it's four milks? Fuck. Put them all in there. Give me every milk you got. I want every milk you got. Put it in there. Serves like cut it with caramel, put cinnamon at the top. You, you know what? I just I just want to cancel it. I I don't even know what I have at this point. Am I getting a latte? Am I baking a?
Kevin Hart talking about Starbucks coffee. And we heard some of the John Boy and Billy show, including Mr. Pesto's 25 Rules for Men, Hoyt back at NASA 1 and 2, and Mad Max 25 Rules for Women, Tom Lair, The Elements, and The Cleverly's Low began the last set. And this will put the capper on the Late Late Show for this week. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me. Been a large time. Hope you found some stuff funny. And stay tuned. Coming up next over most of these stations, the illustrious Vern Elliott. In for Pastor and Sister Walker with Open Your Bible. Y'all have yourselves a great week. We'll do this again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. And as we approach the hour of 5 o'clock, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. Bye.